with another episode of the AV Podcast. I always American hesitate. I always hesitate whenever some like episode. I think television. I think screens. Do you know what I think? What? When, when I see AVP, American Veteran Pro- Podcast, uh-huh. I think Alien vs. Predator. Yeah. Is that pretty cool? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's cool until someone, you know. Mm. It's just with that suit, but I don't think that would happen. Um, oh, so big news over the last couple days. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Big man and a big organization coming soon. What? Yeah. No, you know what this is. Uh, well, the, don't be so cryptic about it. What is it? We'll say it at the same time. I think you know who it is. Um, One of the largest organizations, you know, in the government. Uh-huh. Or not in the government, in the world. I'm guessing... So, one, two, three... Amazon.com. <laughs> oh, no. Whoops. <laughs> LeBron is going to the Lakers. But I was actually... I was hoping you would say Robert Wilkie. Oh, yeah, I was going to. In the VA. Yeah. So, he had his Senate confirmation hearing, at least in committee, recently. Mm-hmm. And so, now he needs an up or down vote by the entire Senate. And um, if he gets confirmed then he will officially be the Secretary of Veterans Affairs. He will be. And a lot of people are expecting him to hit the ground running. So Well, he's already been on the ground, you know, spent yeah. like months as the acting secretary. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I guess they I guess to say they expect more of the same, just continual, you know, steady uphill progress. Well progression. let's I think we're all hoping for that and we're right. all wishing him, you know, well on, on his tenure if indeed he gets confirmed, right? Yeah. Which you gave that quote to uh Task and Purpose. Task and Purpose I talked to last week, yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it says if confirmed as secretary, the biggest mission will be implementing the policies and procedures for the Mission Act. Yeah, that's one of the big things here, because the Mission Act got passed in May, obviously at the end of May. Right. And um you know, it gives the secretary wide latitude to kind of implement some of the mandates in the legislation, um, you know, in the way that he sees best. So they're going to have to come up with policies and procedures for implementing all the provisions of the Mission Act. And he's going to have a lot of, you know, latitude to do that in the way he thinks best. Yeah. So, uh, you know, he's going to have to he's going to have to do it. Yeah. And um, we're very interested in the way he goes about that. I'm, I'm not caught up on it are there now like a certain set standards of whether you can seek community care or whether you need to come to the VA because I know that's going to be one of the biggest things is is divvying up that gray area and well I don't think that that has necessarily changed um funding is there so that's one less thing to worry about um the criteria on which uh by which people are sent to community care is kind of discretionary still, so it really depends on what kind of what kind of you know guidelines and fence posts you know he kind of puts in place to determine that. Okay. You know, we'll see uh, if it expands um, significantly under his tenure, and then we'll see you know what he comes up with in order to uh, make sure that the level of care veterans are receiving in the community is commensurate with what they would receive at the VA. You know, yeah. so we've got to. You know, that's going to be something to watch as well. You know, who is going to hold uh, community providers accountable for providing the same level of care? You know? And making sure they get paid. Making sure they get paid and making sure that they are, you know, giving, like, uh, caring for veterans. Uh, yeah, a certain uh, standard. To a certain <laughs> yeah. standard, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, we've read a couple of RAND studies 
or at least one in particular that was based in New York that said I saw I, that one. Two percent of public P- hospitals are ready to take care of veterans. That yeah. aren't. No, no, yeah, like uh, most yeah. of them are not. Yeah. The civilian sector's not really. Re- the study was limited to New York, but said that um, the civilian healthcare system is not really ready to take care of veterans uh, in their special needs. Yeah. The it's a good sample the, size, the, New York. <laughs> the way that others would like, you know. How many but, veterans do you think are in New York? I know the biggest population I have no is idea. California. And then is it probably, California? Yeah, when I was in the, the military, most. everybody was from Texas. Yeah, that was, I was number two is Texas. I was, I was convinced like 55% of the Marine Corps. I'm sorry, Texas. not from, I meant live, like live oh, now. I, I and number one is California. I, I think whoop, whoop. New York is in that top five. Well, so California has is, a lot of military bases. Right. So it would make sense that people get out, like a lot of people would get out and of the military and stay. And then you're in California, you're which in, there's you, worse yeah. places to be. So. so that probably accounts for some of that, sure. Oh, by the way, yeah. we did not mention this. Uh, tomorrow's the 4th of July. Whoop, whoop. Yeah. So today... Obviously, if tomorrow's 4th of July, today's July 3rd. This podcast won't be coming out until the 5th. Uh-huh. Uh, maybe. Maybe I'll release it tomorrow. Who knows? Probably not. Nice. Maybe. I don't know. We'll see what goes on. Okay. Um, but it's titled July 5th. It's literally titled, It's July 5th. Okay. Um, so, actually, it, it is important to, to put this out tomorrow. Maybe tonight, because, you know, as always, we did it on last year's podcast around this time, and I, I feel like it's important and appropriate to do it again on this year's podcast to just alert fellow veterans, active duty, and civilians that listen to this to be cautious of your neighbors. Some of them are veterans. Some people do suffer from PTSD, and to just be courteous and considerate. Uh, when lighting fireworks it's, and making loud noises. That's a really big... You know, I've heard of veterans putting, like, signs on their lawn. Mm-hmm. Like, a veteran lives here. Please don't please do not do firecrackers around my house or whatnot. And I get that. Um, it's a nice for, way to do things. For the first several years I returned from Iraq, I, uh, I avoided the 4th of July altogether. And, in fact, I really haven't gone out of my way to go to 4th of July festivities since. Because uh, there's something about it that kind of touches me in a place I don't like to be touched. It's a really weird thing, and it's not the fireworks; it's the the sound. And if you're if you've ever been close enough to if you ever been close enough to fireworks where you could feel the concussive force from them mm-hmm. a little bit, like in your yeah, body, yeah, in the ground and kind of that. Ooh, mm-hmm. that used to set me off. Yeah, really badly. Uh, that that used to because that's not something you experience day to day. But it's something that that kind of I and it's not veterans, you know, being jerks saying don't light off fireworks. Yeah, it's, it's just, not that. It's it's Someone really it's just, just not good. Puts them, them like there's anxiety and then right. it just puts them in a in a place, you know. So, so, I, so I've seen a bunch of articles that go both ways. One says, you know, um, if if you're a veteran, you just have to get suited to to what you know, your civilian counterparts do. This is just a part of what we do. Get over it. And then ones that go the other way that say, be considerate, you know, veterans fought and died for this country. The least you can do is, you know, give them peace and quiet that they deserve. Uh, I think if you mix them both in, just everyone just kind of try to be courteous and, and, you know, concerned for others at least a little bit. I think that's a good idea. I think that's a good policy. Just try to meet it halfway. Yeah. Yeah. 
I don't, you know, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm kind of sympathetic to veterans who are kind of displaying avoidance behavior when it comes to fireworks and things mm-hmm. like that, because I, I've been there, and even to this day, I really don't go, I don't have any plans to go see fireworks this year, you know. I'm, I'm dang, um, I'm like 15 years removed from being in a war zone, and I still don't make plans to go see fireworks. Yeah, I do the same, but uh, as each year, fireworks get more and more lame. Well, I don't know. I mean, fireworks are awesome. Fireworks are awesome. I mean, I like looking at them. Yeah. I don't like being close enough where I can, uh, where they're super loud. Feel that tremor. I certainly will never put myself in a position to be close enough to them where I can feel them. That's just me. Mm -hmm. So when there's kids like barking fireworks off in the neighborhood, you know that's that's one thing. Um, But yeah. Let's um, let's take it over. I almost said let's take it over to an interview mm. that we did with no one this week. Mm. I, I lazed out a little bit. Okay. Whoops. Um, to just a couple of upcoming events that Amvets has. You know, our, our first one, or our most, I guess recent, not recent, but upcoming, closest upcoming, uh-huh. <laughs> is uh, July eighteenth. Amvets has Ooh. a Heal American Veterans Town Hall. Yeah. Uh, right outside Nashville. Right outside Nashville, Tennessee. Yep. Um, it, it'll be great. This is, again, part one, what I feel like. This isn't necessarily an AMVETS position. Part one was us introducing the HEAL team mm-hmm. and what they do, what they provide, and uh, the reason behind it. Yeah. Part two, I felt like, was the symposium mm-hmm. where we brought in experts, clinicians, influencers, mm-hmm. and had them speak to the general public. Yeah. And part three, it's like a conversation. You heard from us, now you process kind of what we said and reply back. And this town sure. hall is is uh, veterans, active duty, and their families, uh, you know, continuing to ask questions and voice their concerns. I think that's the most important thing, yep. to be honest with you. Because uh, other agencies will hold town halls because they have something mm-hmm. that they want to get out. Yeah. But... Um, we're going to hold these town halls because we genuinely want to know. To listen. Yeah, we want to listen. There's a lot of disconnect between uh That's what town halls maker. get lost. That's what a town hall is. You listen to the people. You listen to the people. It's not, yeah. Yeah. And that's what we're going to do. Because, you know, it's easy to get wrapped around what happens in Washington and veterans policy and whatnot. And kind of lose sight of the way it actually affects actual veterans where they actually live on the yeah. local level. Absolutely. That is a great point, you know. So we live in a bubble. It's here in easy DC. to. Well, you know, it's a constant fight not to live in a bubble, but it's easy to do that. Yeah. Uh, you know, and the only antidote is really to close that gap, to go to Tennessee and to listen to veterans talk and um, go to Orlando, which will follow the, the Tennessee. So it's going to be Orlando in August, and then around the country. Um, Not only that, we've got one in September talk. as well. We've got a there's a a concert that mm-hmm. we're going to that's in Pennsylvania, kind of out in rural Pennsylvania that cool. we'll be uh, attending as well. So that'll be another town hall type setup. Well, it's super important because we can you know survey the country, we can listen to these people, we can find the ground truth of what veterans are actually experiencing. And then AMVETS can do its duty, come back here to Washington and tell stakeholders and policymakers yep. what people are really saying across the country. Absolutely. You know? These town halls 
are just a start. We plan on doing them all over the country. Uh, mm-hmm. We're still trying to figure out what is what. I'm trying to figure out why uh, your cell phone's on. Because uh, um, that's <laughs> what I'm reading a lot of this news off of sometimes. Yeah. Actually, I actually haven't done it today. But, huh. uh, you know, stay informed on what our HEAL program is doing because they may have a town hall near you. Uh, you can always check in on what they're doing through uh, or, you know, Facebook, which is at AMVET's national headquarters. Their Twitter is... Oh, my goodness. I, I think... Here, I'll just turn it off. Yeah, you should just turn it off. And on. chuck it out of the window. There's a word for that. The word is defenestrate. Defenestrate. Yeah, it, means, it literally means to toss a person or thing out of a window. Did you know there was a word for that? I didn't. Isn't I, that fun? I thought it was just throw that out the window. Right no, now. but there's like a, no, literally no. a word that means to throw something out of a window. I think it's German in origin. I think the word fenster They're means calling German, again. Uh, means window. I don't know who this is. Anyway, let's see if we can get through this. So, Twitter is Heal American Vet, where you uh-huh. can learn more info. And then just simply the website. The website's probably the easiest, which is just amvets.org dash vet heal dash. Yeah. Amherst.org, Vet Heal. Um, the next one is our national convention, which is going on in Orlando, Florida. In what, August. August 7th to the 11th or 12th, depending on if you're a staff member, if you are a representative, <laughs> um, which is awesome. We, we book tickets. It'll be exciting. Um, it also, you know, it'll it's be our always, national convention. It always, so. It's always fantastic. Yeah. And we, everyone should attend. We plan on bringing a lot of content from there. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, why not? We'll have Amvets Radio mm-hmm. with us. Amvets um, Radio will be there. We'll be there. So check our social media sites, and we'll try to... I'll try to get you guys as much stuff as I can. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I got to make sure I don't oversaturate and post something every 30 minutes, but... You know. Book your tickets. What's up, Amvets? Come to Orlando and hang out and do some business. Absolutely. Network. Again, go to Amvets.org. Amvets. Go to Am- or events, and then... National Convention page will be staring you right in the face. Mm. So I've really got two more topics. Let's talk. Let's talk Space Force first. Oh my God! I'm so glad you. Said so that. we didn't get to talk Space Force. Space I forgot Force. to bring it up at the last podcast, which was about two weeks ago. Maybe it came out in between then. Yeah. I don't know. But the Space Force is going to be the sixth branch of our armed. Forces. I thought there was some kind of treaty that stopped us from militarizing space, but I mean, maybe I'm, maybe I'm just, maybe I saw that in a movie, but apparently that it, might be a movie. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, there are so many movies. Um, but that, how cool is that though? Very cool. Also, I kind of saw this coming. Well, it had been brought up. He talked about it. President Trump had talked about it before, I think before he was even in office, and it was kind of one of those things where it made headlines because it was interesting, but mm-hmm. no one thought it was going to happen. Uh, Here we are. I thought it was going to happen. Rolling it out. All right, so let me tell you what. Um, gosh, when was I writing for Marine Corps Times? Uh, 2000, it's 12 years ago, something like that, 12, 13 years ago. Mm-hmm. I talked to a colonel in the Pentagon who was in charge of... Space Marines, okay? This is a funded program. You know, I'm talking Starship Troopers. Those guys were Space Marines, yeah, too. Yeah. By the way, Starship Troopers was on the Marine Corps Commandant's reading list for a long time. That's how I read it Ooh. before it became a movie. Wow. Or after, whatever. It was a... Anyway. 
So there was a plan, and it's probably still going on for all I know, but uh, when I was covering it, there was a funded program to come up with the technologies to develop a deployable kind of low-Earth orbit spaceship that could deliver Marines anywhere in the planet in a couple hours. Just like in the stratosphere? Yeah, okay, so it would go up. Yeah. It would blast off. It would go into low-Earth orbit, and then it would fall until the air got thick enough for the wings to uh, produce lift. Right. And then it would fire thrusters, and boom, right back up into low-Earth orbit. Then it would fall again, and then fire thrusters. And it would just, like, skip across the upper atmosphere like that. So it would just make Marines seasick, only space sick. Marines could do it. Marines could do it. But, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I've never been on it, but that was the idea. It was, like, this low-Earth orbit spacecraft that could deliver Marines anywhere in the world in a couple hours. So you could, like, reinforce any embassy on the planet or something like that. They've been working on this for a long time. So you think if they had a uniform, it would look like Starship Troopers? I hope so. Yeah. Yeah, because they had uh, exoskeletons in Starship Troopers. If you read the books, no. If you just watch the movie, then they had that, that. that gray football helmet looking stuff, yeah. right? But in the book, they had these really cool exoskeletons. And by the way, I just picked up a copy of Marine Corps Times last week, mm-hmm. and like Special Operations Command is literally working on exoskeletons. That's awesome. It is pretty awesome. Well, I mean, Russia already has like an Iron Man suit. That they do they have an Iron Man suit? Yeah. We need an Iron Man suit. Yeah, I. I we cannot of... afford an Iron Man suit gap to no kind of bastardize the last line of Doctor Strange Love. We can't. <laughs> um, I hope they they all look like Darth Vader. The Darth Vader helmet? Yeah. I don't know if that's feasible. <laughs> Just regular, like, m- marine attire and then a Darth Vader helmet. <laughs> um, well, actually, before we get to our very last segment, we got another segment that, flipping through my notes here, I found it. Yeah. And I was like, oh, forgot all about this. So, as many of you know, um, there has been a situation within the United States Postal Service um, where basically they have not allowed VSOs in the New York area to, what is it, conduct patriotic outreach outside of their post offices mm-hmm. during federal holidays, yes. which they've been allowed to in the future. You've got poppies, you've uh, got white clovers, You're things like selling that. Selling American flags or something. Yeah, absolutely. Donations. Just, yeah, promoting patriotism. Sure. And, uh, and and Joe actually, I was talking to him the other day. He said it's it's kind of ironic because the U.S. Postal Service is one of the top uh, employers of veterans. Of veterans, yeah. yeah. Um, and this is actually this is news we got from Joe uh, via Facebook. It says press conference with Senator Chuck Schumer to announce new legislation that will require the U.S. Postal Service to once again allow veteran service organizations to conduct patriotic outreach outside post offices around federal holidays. Yes, so they've been doing this for a long time, um, for many, many years, and then suddenly the Postal Service said, you can't do it anymore. Absolutely. And uh, made people kind of crazy. So um, AMBET's executive director, Joe Schnelli, took that up to the hill. So from that story, when it originally came out... um which you can you can find the connect on connecting vets. It's a connecting vets story. Um, someone took down a, a post office American flag that they had and just left a little note that said, "You don't deserve to fly this." Ugh, that's just 
That's not right. Yeah, it's just going tit for That's tat, basically, right, at that though. point. Come on. Um, so Joe reached out to his member of Congress in his state, which you can easily do. Just go to amvets.org and go to uh, Your Voice in D.C. Sign up for legislative alerts. Mm-hmm. And uh, when we have uh, certain bills up mm-hmm. that you want to yay or nay, we've got a little slot where you can... Uh, you know, initial and write additional notes into your congressman or member of Congress. Very cool. So, last segment. Oh, let's do it. Do you know who Richard Overton is? Richard Overton? Ri- the Richard Overton? What? Yeah. No idea. I don't idea. know how many. No, no idea. Did he Richard play for the Oakland A's? Is the oldest uh, veteran in America. Oh, I heard about this. He's a 112-year-old World War II veteran. Oh. And someone is trying to impersonate him. That's so jacked That's up. That's our stolen valor talk. Yeah, story. actually, I heard about Richard Overton. Uh, there's a YouTube video. A there's like, about him. there's yeah. like a miniature documentary on him. Mm-hmm. That's like 20, 20 minutes long or 15, 20 minutes long. That someone did. It's fantastic. Stole man living in Texas, trying to you know sip sip a little. Been whiskey, living in the same place this whole time. Been driving the same pickup truck. Yeah. for for a long time. Trying to live his life, and someone's trying to take away his last little remaining savings. So the title from Task and Purpose reads: "Some scumbag robbed America's oldest veteran, oldest living veteran, of his savings and identity." So oh. not only did they try to impersonate this guy, they took his money. Oh, Let's oh. See. No. Yeah, this is bad. No, America, no. So, what do we got here? Are we going to give him his money? How how, is, is he going to be okay? I mean, does his bank know? I mean, I don't know. So many questions. But this is terrible. Uh, someone from the Treasury Direct said this is going to be a setback for Richard. It was a significant amount of money. So, that's just heartbreaking to hear. Uh, it says, thankfully, the bank account was not connected to his... Uh, GoFundMe page where people just kind of, you know, Help make out. donations and gifts and, and whatnot. Um, yeah, so let's see. He filed a police report on Friday. As for over 10, he's still doing the things he loves and recently celebrated his 112th birthday on May 11th. He's the oldest man in America. So not Is just he? the oldest veteran. He's the oldest man. And he smokes a cigar like he smokes multiple cigars a day. I don't know about multiple. I well, think... I saw that in the d- little documentary. Thing. Yeah. He enjoys smoking cigars. He doesn't inhale, though. Yeah, it says... He doesn't inhale. He when, said that in the thing. When the weather is nice, Overton sits on his front porch. His friends call it his stage. He'll hum with the birds, snoop on his neighbors, and wave at honking cars. Best of all, it's where he smokes most of his 12 daily cigars. Yeah, 12 a day. Well, he doesn't inhale. He and just likes the taste, I guess. It sips... Uh, his favorite drink, which is whiskey and Coke. Hey, he's 112. He's got the secret, like, crap. That is what I aspire to be Oof. when I grow up. Just, what, just sipping whiskey? And, At least we uh, know we'll smoke cigars. Smoking cigars? Not saying I'm a big smoker right now. I have had a couple cigars, you know. I am cool like that. So. Uh, Richard Overton's cool like that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, here's what I was talking to Sabrina, uh, one of the ladies in our office. Mm-hmm. Um, I said, you know... There's a there is a lot of veterans out there, and they work certain jobs. Mm-hmm. When you see, and a lot of them probably maybe work banking or whatnot, mm-hmm. or and, and when you see Richard Overton, that's a very it's a pretty prominent name in the military community. So when you see Richard Overton buys like a 
a Corvette and a condo in Portland, Oregon, you're like, okay, that, that doesn't Probably really check not. out. Yeah. I, I want to know how many things they were able to buy before someone caught on. I, I can imagine it would be like two. Or not very many. Well, they gotta catch this guy somehow, right? Yeah. I, I don't have any of the other details as far oh, as that, but... Uh, they gotta catch this person. They have to catch this oh, person. Oh, it says, whoever accessed the money used it to buy savings bonds with the... Okay. With what? 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 With the Treasury Direct. And has been doing so for a couple months. Oh, we gotta be able to track this person down and... And then publicly shame them. You wanna start a vigilante... I mean, where is Spider-Man and or the Punisher when you need them? Right. No, well, I what don't. What do they got going on that's better I don't want to physically hurt the person. No. I, I want to arrest them but and then public publicly shaming. shame them. I want to... Like walk them down the streets? There should be wall-to-wall news coverage about, about this person and what this person did. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Public shaming. With that being said, everyone, please enjoy your fourth. You know, Happy Independence Day. Be 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 conscious. Be courteous of your veteran neighbors, your civilian neighbors. Everyone, can't we all just get along? And with <laughs> that being said, it has been Big John. Yep. And Miles Miggs signing out. Did we even? I don't think I introduced us for this one, but no, that's fine. Oh well. Goodbye, people. You got any big uh, fourth plans? Um, I, mean, I plan to not watch not fireworks. Big fourth plans. Um, we do know that. I mean, you going over, grab a drink somewhere? You gonna go visit family? Nah, it's in the middle of the week. Mm-hmm. So all my buddies have to work. You know, so I don't have like I don't have really buddies to like go and uh, and, and and party with or anything like that because uh, my guys have to go build houses and things. Like a lot of my friends are in construction. Right. All my family lives in California, not out here in D.C., so they're 3,000 miles away. Oh, you don't want to travel all that way just to celebrate Fourth of July? Probably not going to do that. So, um, I might play a round of golf and, uh, maybe grill. Yeah. Netflix and grill. I might toss it <laughs> back a couple tonight. Yeah, and sure. And then the fourth, not so much, because then on the fifth, the boy's driving up to Michigan. Michigan. Yeah, that, that time I took off, that mm-hmm. wouldn't specify why I was doing it. Yeah. Now I'm talking about it right now. Okay. Going up to Michigan. I'll see you guys in about two weeks. Two weeks? No, I'm just kidding. It's actually about four days of actual leave. Yeah. Uh, Thursday. Michigan. Okay, cool, man. Michigan, my number one goal, the one thing I want to do... Is get through Ohio without stopping for gas? Yeah, that. And not see a Buckeye flag or anything, which, you know... <laughs> Good luck. Yeah is spend one day uh, fishing in my grandpa's pond. Just go that out there, turn my phone off, maybe grab a six pack and just fishing. What's he got in there, bass? Bluegill? He, he's got bass, uh, bluegill, mm-hmm. and like 10 catfish. Okay, that kind of that kind of pond, I got you. Very, very, very cool. So that's my only, I haven't hit him up though yet, so he doesn't even know I'm coming. Yeah, it'll be fun. So I, sh- yeah, I should just show up, yeah. That's yeah. what I'm gonna do. Saturday morning when I get up there, I'll be like, you ready? So I refined my catfish game here in the, not the Chesapeake, the, uh, the Potomac, yeah, huh? which means you don't eat them, you just you yeah. know, toss them back, but um, 
squid and blood sprite, which you can you can get a sporting goods store. Oh, okay. It's like squid, yeah. They'll eat squid, you spill a little blood spray on that stuff, and it just looks nasty and catfish love it. Was this a segment? No, I mean it's not veteran related. Unless you're a veteran fisherman, in which case. Yeah. I'll cut it. I always say we'll cut stuff. 